happy to have on the show today, Charles Gelman. He's the CEO of Hydro Health. They're an AI-assisted robotics company. And we're just talking about how your path started early with some health issues that drove you to solve some of the problems here with AI-assisted robotics. So what happened in your younger years? Yeah, so thank you for having me on the show, Chad. I appreciate it and look forward to talking about the future of care. When I was in my early 20s, I went to the physician like many of us do for that annual checkup. And then they, I thought I had a kidney stone. I had a family history and they told me basically to, so to speak, walk it off and just deal with the pain. Ends up a couple of weeks later, I come back to the hospital with rupture appendicitis and in septic shock. So it's been a couple of weeks in the ICU. Again, I was in my early 20s, super naive, didn't really know much about the healthcare system, how it works, how to navigate it. And that really changed my course trajectory. So when we say failing to success or failing forward, I definitely failed at understanding to listen to my body myself and also failed to understand the healthcare at that time. And also they didn't properly diagnose you there. And that if they had done, if they had diagnosed you properly from the beginning, it would change path. Yeah, it's pretty complicated though, because providers are dependent upon patient communication. And like I said, they do the best with what they got looking at the outcomes. And it is very similar when you start looking at the diagnosis of ruptured appendicitis and the quadrant from the body. It really comes down to clinical experience, medical training, and location. And there's a lot of variables that exist within the healthcare marketplace. And you just rinse, repeat that over and over again. And that's why we have such a rare variety of different distribution of outcomes amongst, you know, people across the country and the world. So how does your technology help solve some of these problems? Yeah. So what we do is we help level the playing field. There people have been speaking quite a bit about health equity and how do you make sure that folks can understand exactly what's going on. So educating them, ensuring that they're able to follow the directions of the providers, nurses, pharmacists, doctors, and then are capable of essentially understanding their disease state and how to treat it. And there's really three pillars once you start looking at people's health. One is exercise and mobility. Two is nutrition and diet. And three is medication related. So if people are challenged with the first two, the third one, they usually have a hard time with, and that's what we are approaching with Hido to smooth that out and really make sure that people are able to get the assistance that they need at home when needed as needed. Is this your first venture in the space? This is not my first venture within healthcare. We did a different, it was a data analytics company and it was called Qualcare. That was one of my first startups and that definitely failed. It didn't fail to success. It just it failed to fail because there's definitely some lessons learned behind that one, but we had quite an experience with that. So I'm really grateful to have that be my first failure. What were the lessons that came from that then made this one stronger? Yeah, there's a lot of discussions around bootstrapping startups and going as far as you can without funding. And what I quickly realized is with that particular type of startup, my competitor at that time had venture capital money, 20, $30 million in the bank and a huge team versus us who were super small dynamic, but we didn't have the funding to really expand and grow. And they were able to get their product up for free. And that's a really tough model without having a lot of capital to make to follow. So that was my first lesson learned is that some startups and some companies do require capital in order to continue to push forward and get that market share until you have enough of a presence where you can monetize it. Yeah, I would think in the health space, 
it's really a requirement to have a lot of funding around you. Yeah, I think it depends on the type of venture and what you're going after. Most of the healthcare-related companies do have a pretty large capital injection at the beginning, and that's needed for compliance and regulatory as well as build up the team in the marketplace. Now having the experience of the bootstrapping versus the raising capital, is your preference now I will always raise capital when I run companies? Not exactly. I think it depends on the type of company that you're pushing forward. So for our particular company, that Pido device, it's capital intensive because there's a manufacturing process as well as software development. And we're confined with regulatory and compliance guidelines. But if there was a different type of software, maybe a group of individuals working on a software application, maybe it wouldn't be as large of a lift and you might be able to privately fund it. So I think it just depends upon time, money, quality. You got to pick which ones are most important to you. If you're able to pour fuel in the fire, you can accelerate development. But maybe if you want to spend more time, it won't be as costly, but you can't have everything. So what really drove the inspiration with this next venture in the space? Yeah, so the inspiration between Haido really came to fruition over the course of my career. So I was very fortunate to work for Johnson & Johnson, understanding clinical trials, as well as the different variabilities of provider recommendations to patients, as well as understanding whether or not patients were taking the medications as intended. And then I, through my career, I worked with medical devices, worked with medical software, but I was able to get a vantage point of across the country. So not just within a defined region, but I would be, see different practices based on different regions of the country and different types of health systems. So the culmination of Haido really came from my broader experiences and those variables and what if we could create a blueprint for health? What if it's possible to truly understand these different cocktails and medications and then give the right types of medications for the best outcomes for millions of people versus the variability that currently exists within the system? The best businesses, the best businesses are entrepreneurs that have been mulling over a, an idea for 10 years, and then they start the business around that. Now you've studied that industry. You know everything about it. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I mean, I say that we're always learning every single day. And as you start to peek into each specific industry, you realize how much you don't know. And we, we have a group of advisors and investors that are very knowledgeable about all the different dynamics. And to have a team be successful, it's much broader than that team. You have to have a wide cast of characters that are really driven to push things forward and impact whatever your specific milestones are or the vision of the company moving forward. So choosing the team is one thing, but then choosing a board of advisors, that's a whole nother thing. So what was that process like for you in finding the right people? So it really comes down to talking to a bunch of folks, developing relationships, seeing who's the right fit. Just because people look good on paper doesn't mean they're the right fit for your particular company or your particular venture. So there's a lot of impressive CVs. There's a lot of impressive people, but you have to get to know them to determine if they're going to help you move forward or potentially are they going to be a time suck? And then you basically, you're two steps back where you need to start stepping forward. So how long did it take the whole process of kind of finding the right board? It evolves over time. It's, there's no right board. 
depending upon the company and the business needs, it should never stay the same. If it does stay the same, then you probably should be questioning the management team of why it's staying the same. So part of it is actually rotating out positions there, just like it is with your team. Very interesting. So if you could tell your younger self, any one thing, Charles, what would it be? That's a great question. So younger self, I really didn't have a absolute direction. And what I would say is continue to maintain the curiosity and explore and investigate things of interest. Cause you never know how the dots connect in the end, but as you stumble through those different experiences, what you don't understand, and you alluded to this earlier is that you're collecting those experiences and you're developing something broader in your mind that will connect in the future. So I think to stay very curious. Yeah. Then you see things others don't. Yeah. I think everybody has a collection of experiences and memories. And depend upon how you process that and the group that you surround yourself, you have a unique vantage point, how you put it together and how you communicate it, the other types of insights and opinions, your group deciphers those messages. Was there any book that had a significant impact on your life? So unfortunately, I don't have a whole lot of bandwidth for reading. The stuff that I do read is generally around clinical studies and literature and keeping up to speed within our particular domain. When I was younger and I was able to read, I did read a book on Hiroshima, which has stayed in my mind. And with that movie Oppenheimer coming out, I think it's, it's very top of mind, but yeah, I don't have a, I haven't really read a whole lot of books in regards to business. My dad is an author, so he does write, he writes books about presidents. That's funny how your dad's an author, but you're not a big <laughs> Yeah, A little bit ironic there. Is there anything I haven't asked you that I should have? I, to me, it's more of the future of care and how it can impact patients. I think that to me is of interest, not to me personally, but I think of interest to millions of people. The one question that I think is interesting is that how do we change the current dynamic of home care in the future and creating transparency and accountability and the assistance for those millions of people that struggle now, I think is a very interesting thing to think about. So what's your vision for the future? Yeah, my vision is a place and a time where folks at home can help themselves without being fully dependent on others to maintain their health. So they can live like you and I. And they can be independent or if they want to have a conversation or if they want to jump out to the grocery store or go to the beach, what have you, they'll have the opportunity to do so without being fully dependent upon others. So I see a future where there's AI assisted technologies, whether it's what for medication, Kaido, or maybe it's a smartphone or microwave or, or other areas where people have the type of assistance that they need so they can live independently. So if one of our listeners wanted to get in touch with your company or reach out, how could they do so? Yeah, so you can visit us at HeidoHealth.com or you can go on our YouTube channel and query also HeidoHealth. We have a number of videos on there as well as patient testimonials ranging from folks with dementia to cardiovascular disease to diabetes. And you can see some of their stories and the type of impact that Heido has had on their lives. Thank you, Charles, for coming on the show. And thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Failing to Success. Make sure to smash that subscribe button. I'm your host, Chad Kalecki, and we'll see you next time.